Hello, everyone, and welcome to Six Figure Souls, doing good and making money. This is a very special season seven where I'm highlighting my co-authors of our new collaborative book, The Ultimate Guide to Becoming a Successful Soul Professional, 25 Powerful Strategies for Soul-Aligned Entrepreneurs. I am your host, Camille Miller. I am lead author for the book and pioneer for the soul professional movement. Today, we are interviewing one of our co-authors, Donna Lewandowski. She is the founder of Way Power Consulting. She is a leadership consultant and executive coach. Thank you, Donna, for being a part of our podcast today. Thanks. It's great to be here, Camille. Yeah, thank you. So I always love to start, my questions just blew off the page. Okay, I always like to start uh, so my listeners can get to know you a little bit better in your background, and then we will move into your chapter and your story and your experience writing. So let's first just start, if you can tell us a little bit about you and what you do, and then we'll talk about how you got there. Yeah, sure. So as you said, I'm the founder of Way Power Consulting, which has been a little bit of an interesting road, I suppose, to get to this point. Um, educationally, I, I've got a doctorate in psychology and social psychology and uh, executive coaching from Columbia. Um, that's kind of the education side of it. And um, yeah, so now I'm kind of doing my own thing after a little bit of a windy road to get here. I don't know how much detail you want, but I've had a few roles uh, before this. Um, including Go ahead, share those. Out as a dental hygienist, right? So, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was the one that was, you know, cleaning your teeth and telling you the only had to floss the ones you wanted to keep. Um, <laughs> so I did that for a few years before I went back to graduate school. And, um, after I finished graduate school, I stayed on at Michigan state teaching for a little bit in an adjunct faculty role and then moved into the corporate world. So I was a little late coming to the corporate world. I was probably close to 40 by the time I actually went into a real uh, business of working for somebody else first. Right. Wow. And you're still in a corporate role today. Is that correct? Well, I'm independent. Um, okay. I worked for um, 20 years for a medical technology company um, in a variety of HR roles and cunningly worked my way into the pieces that I really like, the leadership development, the manager education, the employee engagement, the kind of HR where when they see you coming, they run towards you, not away from you. <laughs> so that's the parts of HR that I liked. And then I went into a management consulting role for the Gallup organization that I admire very much. And I still do a lot of work with them, but I do it through my own uh, business. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, so the first question that I think is really important to talk about is how your education, your degree in psychology works in management. Ah, oh, well, yeah. And the, and the reason I would love for you to speak for this is my, my undergrad work was in psychology, counseling psychology, but mm -hmm. I have an MBA. Mm -hmm. And I think it so helped me understand people, how they're thinking about things, the, the, consumerism, obviously, through marketing and things. But I thought psychology, I think everyone should have a degree in psychology and then get whatever degree they need in life. <laughs> I think that's probably a good idea, although we may be a little bit biased on that. But I think that's a really good idea. Look, I think, you know, I didn't set out to go into HR. I didn't get my PhD in psychology to go into HR. Right. right? In fact, when I was first offered the job, um, I was a recruiter. Um, so looking for talent to bring into the organization. And I had no clue, you know, I remember telling my boss, I'm sure I can do this. I just 
you know, I, I kind of just need to buy a couple of vowels, Vanna, you know, <laughs> uh, because I'm not quite sure what this all is all about. But um, I do think, you know, two things are really important. Number one, I think that if you're working for a company, you have to be able to explain to top leadership why taking care of their people is important. Right. It has to make good business sense. And I used to say, we're not running a charity, but even charities need to run a good business. And the only way to get there is through your people. And Absolutely. so me, it's the crux of everything. Yeah. What is it do you feel that you love the most about your work? Oh, you know, I suppose, um, and maybe I'll talk about Clifton Strengths later on, but I, I know what I am. I'm a maximizer. I like to take things from good to great. And I love the idea of um, mining the potential of every single person. You know, I feel like life has been really good wow. to me. I've gotten so much that what I would love to do and what I do like to um, spend my time doing is helping other people get where they want to get, you know, like getting, um, reaching their goal, reaching their potential. So for me, it's that, it's that piece of getting to know individuals, getting to know teams, getting to know organizations and helping them to progress. Is there a common thread that you find with most organizations that you'll work with of what's not working? Like this one thing that most of them have to tweak, but they just don't know it. There's a couple things. I suppose one is that um, it takes them a while to understand that these kind, the, the kind of um, progress that you're looking for, the kind of efficiency and performance and profitability that they're looking for comes from their people. And so they have to invest. And if you think about the manager of any team that has these souls that they're responsible for, you know, we throw a lot of people into management roles and just expect them to be great at it because they were great yeah. at their individual role. And they don't take the time and, and put the resource into helping those people be great managers. So that takes a little bit of time to convince them that they almost have to go a little slower to go really fast. That's beautiful. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So I know for myself, and I'm curious if you find this, if um, when I worked for others as a manager, in fact, before this, I was a CEO for a nonprofit. I was great at managing and making decisions and doing things. When I created my own company, I found it much harder to be a leader, probably because I was so attached to the outcome in a different way. Like I felt it was more of a reflection on myself. Mm -hmm. Do you find, I don't know, do you work with entrepreneurs or, you know, small, I would say smaller businesses than corporations? I was going to say, well, I can coach you on that if you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, there probably are some unique um, challenges to that. But again, I think it comes down to understanding the actual individual. I do have other mm -hmm. friends and colleagues and couple coaches that are um, business owners themselves. But yet again, you have to look at what are they great at? What is their personality like? And they, it, you have to find a way for them to do what they need to do authentically. So I think it's a case by case. And I, I suppose that maybe if I had to say I had a, a superpower, which I kind of am willing to claim a little bit now, I think it's that, it's finding that unique and authentic way. In fact, the re reason I named the company Way Power was because a lot of times people have the willpower to do something, but they don't know the way to go about doing it. Ooh, I like that. They, know I what like... They, want, they may know what they want or have an idea, yeah. but they don't know how to get there. Yeah. I don't have a cookbook approach to it. 
That's good because everyone's different. But let's let's jump into that a little bit, just about your own um, leap into entrepreneurship, right? So you had been working with corporations and in HR and in these capacities for, I assume, decades, right? Yep. And and then you created your your own company to go in more as a consulting role and do it. One, do you do it by yourself or do you have a team? And two, what was that leap of faith like? Yeah. Well, um, I'll answer the first, the second part first is I do it on my own. Although okay. I do have some people that I've worked with in the past that when a, a client comes in, I've got a little network, you know, that we can yep. call on each other when there's different things it's that beautiful. require different things. So people in communications, people in the real nuts and bolts of HR, people also in the management consulting um, places. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I've got that. Um, but the, the, jump into entrepreneurial. I have to say, I never wanted to do that, Camille. It was, <laughs> I played it so safe. I loved corporate, you know, corporate life was good to me, you know, and um, I'm not a risk taker by nature. I'm yeah. a bit of a, you know, play by the rules kind of thing. But when um, I had something quite uh, uh, big happen to me with a, with a diagnosis, and we can get into that, you know, if you'd like, um, uh, after conquering that, I, I felt like I could do more. In fact, I said, I ran into my old boss from corporate world and I said, I want a do-over, <laughs> you know, on my corporate, because I think that at the time I was probably a little too people pleasing, a little too nice on some of the things, you know, leaders need love, but they also sometimes need yeah. a swift kick to tell them that their butt looks big in those pants, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now I'm like, look, if you want me, this is the style that you get. I will be truthful. I will be honest. I will be authentic with you, but I will also tell you your baby's ugly if I need to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what do you think is that one lever that really pushed you forward to who you are now? Um, I think that it was, um, after I successfully beat breast cancer, Woo -woo! I, <laughs> I felt like I had been in a situation that I did not have control over, that mm. the outcome was not certain, um, that I didn't know what was going to happen was things were beyond my control and there was a lot of risk. And I was able to bet on myself and get through that with a variety of um, help and, and tools and things like that. And I just asked myself, you know, first of all, you know, how much time does anybody have? We don't yeah. really and I was absolutely unwilling to spend even a moment doing something that I didn't want to do. I only wanted to do the things that were important to me that I felt were going to be my life well led. And um, I thought, could I bet on myself like I did with my um, treatment journey? And I thought, yes, I can. Awesome. And can you share a moment or a time when you didn't have it all together? You mean during that time? Well, that time or another time, you can choose the time, but I think it's important, um, you know, for our listeners and our, that not everyone has it all together all the time. Sometimes oh, no. we see the success, but yeah. we don't understand the path it took. And this podcast is really about the journey. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone has failures. Everyone has moments of crap. Yeah. You no, know, I, sure. I thought, yeah. And yeah. So more of that. Yeah. And I think part of it started out with even going into, you know, dental hygiene to begin with, it was mm. just a safe choice. It was something where I could make money that I could support myself and not have to worry. But was it my real passion? It was not, 
Not at all. And even to go back to school and work two jobs, I worked in a restaurant and I went to school full time and I was doing the dental hygiene is a few hours just to try to get myself through yeah. where I'd, I'd take a nap and I didn't even know if it was 7am or 7pm. I was mm. working 75, 80 hours a week. And, but I really wanted to go back to school. I knew I wanted to do that. So, you know, I, I found a way to do that again, being a non-traditional student going back, I was older than some of my professors. Um, you know, I always felt like in that way, maybe a little bit of a late bloomer, maybe I didn't go and do things, you know, right away. And then, then I was teaching for a while. And then I got a little tired of academics because you don't really eat your own cooking, you're publishing, you're doing research, but I wanted to touch it and feel it. Yeah. And that's what drove me into going into business. But again, I always felt like, what else is there? There's something else. There's something else. And I just feel like I took a bit of a curvy road to finally get to what I really, really wanted to do. I think I was so worried about what other people thought and achieving and that I just didn't hold still long enough to really even ask myself the hard questions. If I'm honest, do you feel that that curvy, I took a curvy road too, but I feel the curvy road made me who I am. Like I love my curvy road. And now like I have my, my children are, you know, graduating college and trying exploring their careers. And I'm like, just do it. If you hate it, quit it, do something else. Like just, just keep trying new things until it feels so good. You're wearing it like a glove. Like, well, I think and that's it. key. Yeah. What you just said though, is key is try it, but that's why I change because I'm yeah. not the person that complains about the job or complains about where I'm at or settles for less than what I want, which is what, what instigated the changes. Right. I mean, I'm right. doing any of those things. Uh, but it just didn't feel right. So I, I don't mind the curvy road, but my sense of um, efficiency would have preferred it if I did it a little sooner, you know, a little bit yes. sooner. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which is why in my chapter, you know, in the book we'll get to, I, I, I take the chance of offering a little bit of advice, even though most people don't want to take advice, you know, they want to make their own um, mistakes and decisions. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. So um, before we get into the book, I just have one other question and it's, where do you feel you're going in like the next five years, 10 years? Like, do you have this future vision for yourself? Do you know what's next or do you just allow it to be open and kind of curious about it? So what I would say about that is having gone through um, the 18 months of cancer uh, treatment and coming out the other end of it, I've finally been able to um, live much more in the now because okay. I was always thinking about the future. Yeah. So I, what I would say is that it's less worrying about what's the next five or 10 years, because none of us know for sure that we have that, but it's a very conscious um, present now. So it's forward focused, but it's not living in the future. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, what would I like to do? Just more of what I love. I, I, you know, it's just that whole making a difference that everybody wants to do. It's like, I think about that pebble in the water where the circles come out and you never know when something you say resonates with somebody else and makes a difference for them. I've had people, you know, keynotes that I've delivered that somebody will come up and say, I wrote down, uh, you said this seven years ago when I heard you talking about that and it's on my desk right now. And I'm like, Wow. I mean, that, you know, when you hear that, so you just got to always be conscious that what you're doing is it, it's affecting the world, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. It's really a bit more of forward focus or forward facing, but here and now. Yeah. What do you like to do other than work? I'm just curious. Oh, well, anything with music, art, um, okay. uh, theater, 
I love to cook. I love to entertain. I mean, I just love having people over and trying to uh, let them escape into my home and my hospitality, you know, just have the right drink that they like, the right food they like. I've got a husband. I've got a wonderful little miniature dachshund named Rupert, um, who my husband adores. And uh, that's kind of completed our little family. And um, I live outside of London. And so there's a lot of historical things to see, many, many things to see. So I make sure I have a lot of free time these days. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. All right, so let's jump into the book a little bit. Sure. Um, I know you came to us through another author who was also in our first book. Uh, And when you were approached with the opportunity to write a chapter, what were your first thoughts of it? Because you have not been an author before. So this is your first writing experience. Yeah, I mean, I've published, you know, as far as academic journals, things like that, right back in that in that life, Um, but certainly nothing like this. Um, I think the piece that appealed was the timing. There were just a few signs that had come to me, you know, that said this might be the time to do it. Um, like the fact that I've had so many people say, you should write a book, you know, and so I was like, well, you know, I don't know, how do you get started? And so this was a great way to get involved. Yeah. I loved the idea of, of this purpose aligned, you know, soul driven piece really, really spoke to me. So I think the timing was perfect about that. And it was really to have the experience of, um, of going through the process. And what was the experience for you? So uh, I know I've talked about a million times the first time I wrote. Yeah. It was so much came out that I wasn't sure I even wanted to tell my story, you know, but now that I'm on the other side of it, now doing the second book, I'm like, it it was um, such a pivoting, pivotal point for me. Yeah. And now I'm going in this other direction it was such a clearing. I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. How did you find the experience itself? Um, well, I suppose cathartic is a word that a lot of people yeah. will use when they talk about it, but here's the thing. So they said, don't, you know, we, the instructions were don't start writing before you have, we have the kickoff call. So I promptly ignored those and started writing. And um, <laughs> so I've got pages and pages of these things that I thought would be in there. And then there's one exercise that we did together where we, you know, you kind of write down all of these aha pivotal moments of your life. And then we were told pick one because that's your chapter. Right. And so, um, I thought, okay, I'm going way too, way too broad on this, but okay, this is material for another time. Um, so then I narrowed it down and it was very clear what the one was going to be. I mean, it was just absolutely had to, had to be that one. And, um, I have to say that, um, again, it was about my cancer journey, but it was the writing of it was building up right to when I was going in for my checkup, my yearly checkup. And I've only been cancer free for 18 months. And so I kind of worked myself up a little bit about that. And it was at the same time, reliving all of this and bringing it out. So, um, it was cathartic, you know, in that sense. Um, but there's lessons that I learned through that, that are just have such wider application that it was just nice to be able to have that opportunity to share. Yeah. And, uh, Donna, what's the name of your chapter? Um, it's, it's not too late clearing the path to your purpose. Beautiful. Beautiful. And Donna, um, how can people get in touch with you? Learn more about your work? Yep. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, so you can find me on, on LinkedIn or you can yep. email me directly. Um, at my, at my Donna, a Lewandowski gmail.com. Um, most of the work I do is word of mouth, right? So, um, that's where usually people will reach out that I have known me from, uh, from my LinkedIn profile. Awesome. And from previous previous um, relationships, but that's where they can get a hold of me. 
Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Donna, I want to thank you. So, what, do you have something else to say? Looks like you were no, I was just okay. going to say that you'll be 65 in November. And so Woo! I have proof that it is not too late, no matter when you're starting, you know, and when you want to do this, that um, no matter how it feels, right, it's, it's really not too late yeah. to make sure that you're aligned with that purpose. Yeah, I'm actually inspired so much now by um, especially women, but anyone that are starting new careers at 60, at 70, or opening new businesses, writing new books, like, and I'm looking at myself, I'm 55, and like, I keep thinking, well, I'm more than halfway through now, so I guess I'm kind of done, and just being able to switch that of, wait, there are people that are just starting right now, right, and that have really built success you know, at these decades, which yeah, I'm excited for about. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, first of all, you look fabulous. You're 55. <laughs> like this is the new 30, it looks like from here, Thank um, you. which is really great. But yeah, what else are you supposed to do? Sit around and, and, you know, the worst thing when they talk about people at the end of life is not the things they did, but the things they didn't do. It's the regret. Yeah. yeah. So you, you have to, you have to try, you know? Yeah. It's living your best self. But my um, girlfriend, I was out um, hanging with her this weekend at the beach and her new thing is what would the fabulous camille be what would the fabulous you be like and i'm like yeah you're right like why am i not reaching for fabulous all the time you know yeah. and just starting to i'm just starting now to travel and got my big travel map and i get to you know because i i'm a single mom i raised three kids right and yeah. now i'm this is my next chapter and just knowing that so much can come from each one of these decades or wherever you are in life, like for sure. You, yeah, well, you, you always London, hope for time. Oh, I'm totally coming back to London. Uh, we have another, another author is also from London. Oh, I'll have to make sure. Yeah. I know. And I didn't, and uh, I was supposed to meet with her too. And I was like, you know what? I need to come out just for business Yeah. because I was there with my kids. Right. And it was too hard because I wanted to be with them. And one who was living in London, I hadn't seen for months and months and months. So I just spent that time, but I am definitely coming back out just to actually do a lot of business because we have so many people out in London. And you've just made me think that maybe I have been successful at actually getting to this purpose piece myself as you know, you know, it's a journey because if you were to ask me, what is my fabulous Donna, right? Yeah. I would say it's doing exactly what I'm doing. Just more of it, more Beautiful. writing, more, yeah. keen, more coaching, more teaching, you know, so yeah, I'm doing exactly what I want. I'm, I won't have regrets. Yeah. Mine's like building an empire and leaving my legacy. That's really what I want to do right now. It's like, I know what it is. And now I have to do all of the steps to leave it in the world. Make it like, real. Make it, it. Yeah. Leave it in the world. And so I can travel and do other things and always have this as this is who I am. Yeah. It sounds like you've got the willpower and you've found a way power as well. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you, Donna, for being a co-author in our book, which I'm so excited. This should be hitting the shelves in July. Um, so we're really excited for that. And again, it's called the ultimate guide to becoming a successful soul professional. And thank you for being on the podcast and being a book. And I really appreciate your time today.
My pleasure, Camille. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. And thank you to all of our listeners today. For more information about the Soul Professional Movement, you can go to soulprofessional.com. This podcast is sponsored by the Natural Life Business Partnership, a global professional organization and business incubator for the soul-aligned entrepreneur. If you live in a higher vibration, have an alternative approach to business, and are and want to help repair the world, join us at our next meet and greet to find out more. You can go to soulprofessional.com to find the next date that suits you in your time zone. All right. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Donna. Sure. Thank you.